0: Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Gitten Daf Mem Gimel, and we're starting six lines from the bottom on Mem Beis and We've been discussing Avadim, and we're going to continue that conversation tonight. The Gemara says Mem Beis and six lines from the bottom. A question was raised in the Beis Medrash. Let's say that I own an evid. And I sell the Evid. I really don't sell the Evid. I just sell the rights of knas to the Evid. We learned yesterday that there's a Passover Chumash that says that there's Shloshim uh, Shkalim Kesef that are given over if my Evid gets gored by your Shor So if your Shor kills my Evid, I get Shloshim Shkalim. So let's say I'm not selling my Evid. I'm just saying that if there is a scenario in the future when my Evid would get gored, then you're the beneficiary. So let's say you pay me five shekel for that. And you're uh, you're running a risk if I never if my uh, Eved never gets gored, you never get the thirty shekel. But if he does, you get the thirty shekel. So I still own the Eved, but you own the rights to the shekel. So say the says the Gemara, how does that work? Do we say Machor or or enumachor? Does this transaction function? Yes or no? The Gemara says mm-hmm. This would be a question both in according to Rab Meir and according to the Rabbanon. And Membazum ad base four lines from the bottom to it would be a question to Reb Meir in the following way. Ad In general, rev Meir has a rule that you cannot make a Kenyan for something that hasn't happened yet. But perhaps he only said that de By by Peros Dekel, that's something that's very common. Aval but in this case when we're saying that I've sold the rights to my evid, as it relates to the possibility of getting a knas later, that's like completely out of bounds. That's like a very unreasonable thing to to expect. And even if you want to assume, which is already a crazy assumption, that he's going to uh, actually be gored, by your sure Hamuad, it's not so simple. It's not so definite. I should say that he would be mishalim. Why not? Top of Mem because perhaps Dilma mode umiftar. We know that when a person is mode under certain circumstances, he's putter from payment. Take a look at Rashi, who gives us a little bit more context here, and we'll learn about this more in, in upcoming Masechdas. Top Rashi Dibur Hamaskal Dilma mode Dilma mode bebezdin kodem edim. Let's say that before edim come along. I as the you as the owner of your shor hamuad, your mode, then in such a case, Umodas Patr. So if you're being mode and the punishment that you're supposed to pay is a knas, and in this case, when your Shor Hamuad kills my Evet, that is called the Knas. That's how the Torah refers to the 30 Shkalim. So then, Moda B'Knas Pater. So, either either way we look at it, it's a very unlikely scenario. So, according to Rav Meir, we're not sure how he would look at our case of Evet Shemachar the Knas in the event that an Evet. Is sold only for the rights for his knas, would that Kenyan work? We're not sure, according to the Rab Meir. And as well, top of Mem Gimal Amid Alevitiboy, the Rabbonon. It would also be a question, according to the Rabbonon. How so? Says the Gemara as follows. Perhaps Adkan lo Ka'ami Rabbonon that Ein da Machna da Bala Olam, Ela Peros Dekel. Maybe it's the case that when the Rabbonon say, that you're not allowed to make a king on something that hasn't happened yet, that's because right now, at this very moment, there are no peros on the dekel. However, in our case of you being the owner of the shor Hamuad, and me being the owner of the Eved, at least all of the chess pieces are on the board. The high koyevit. At least everything is there. So again, we're torn within, even within the camp of Rav Mayer. Would we say that if I tried to sell you the rights to my evit, not the evit, but the rights to knas of my evit, would that kenyan work? Yes or no? My, we don't know the answer. And the Gemara says five lines down on Mem Gimel Amud Aleph. Let's try and figure it out. Amr Rabbi Abba Toshma. We have a pasuk that says the lead Bias. That if there is an Evid who's a Yalid bias, meaning if I own a shifra and the shafra has a child, that child is an evid that is Yalid bias. He's part of my home by birth through the shifra. So says the Gemara, Matalmud Lomar, what does that part part of the Pasuk tell us? After all, Im Kinyan Kesef Ochel, if we know that a kinyan Kesef, if I purchase an Evid and he's allowed to eat Truma, then Yalid bias Lokol Shikin. Then for sure, if I buy the mother and she's allowed to eat truma, then when the mother has, when the mother is a shifcha, has a child, of course that child's allowed to eat truma. So why do we have that part of the pasik of Yalid Keset? Uh, of Yalid Bias, that's obvious. So it says the Gemara. Ilu Cain. If it were to be the case that the Pusuk only spoke about Kenyan Kaspo, about me purchasing an Eved, and that's what I would have thought would have been the case, where there is access to Truma. So then Hayisi Omer, I would have argued the following: Ma Kenyan Kesef Shiyeshbo Shave Kesef Shave Kesef Ochel. That when we talk about someone who I've purchased, I purchased an evid for a hundred dollars, so he has value, so he can eat. bias then perhaps perhaps we would also then say that a Yalit bias, that a child who's a yilid bias, that he was born to a shivcha that I own, that he also has to have a shvei kesef. And as the Rishonim point out over here, not every child has value, because you can have, as we'll soon see, an Eved who's a mukha and he's the elite bias. So perhaps we would have said that by kinyan Kaspo, because I paid for you as an Eved, you can eat truma. But by the elite bias, he's bought, born to my shifcha who I didn't pay for, so perhaps if he's a Mukashkin and he's useless and nobody would ever spend money on him, he has no dollar value. So then perhaps it's the case that he would not benefit from the food. And says the Gemara in the Brisa, How do we know that even if the elite bias has no financial value because he's a mukashechin or he's injured, how do we know that he still eats from the truma? Talmud you Elite Bias Mikol Makom. Nevertheless, under all circumstances, under all circumstances, says the Gemara. Both a Yulid bias, a child born to my Shivra, or the Shivra that I purchased, they all have access to Truma. We're not yet done with the brayta. We're not yet at our question. We'll get there shortly. And we're about ten lines down on Mem Gimel Amadalaf, and the Brysa continues. I still have more to say about this pasuk. The pasuk speaks about Yelid Bias. This is the child that's born to the shivcha that I've purchased. Whether or not the Yelid Bias has financial value, he should be able to eat. Kinyan kesef. I might have said only yesh bo Ochil, but ein bo kesef ochel. I might have thought. And this is learning the Pasuk from the other direction. I might have thought that when it comes to an, anim, to a, an Eved that I have purchased, to a Shifcha that I purchased, or an Eved that I purchased, only if there is financial value in that person can they eat truma. says the Gemara. That's not correct. Talmud, Lomar, Kinyan, Kaspo, the lead Beso. The Pasuk has both languages. The two types of Eveds that the pasuk speaks about is an Eved that is Purchased, and an ebbe that is born to one that is purchased, just like a child who's born to the shivcha, who I, as the Baal, own, he's allowed to eat from truma, even if he has no value, even if he's a mukha shchin, he's got boils all over him, he has no value in the market at all. And therefore, because that's true, af kasba shave shave klum ochel. So that's the end of the Bray. So basically at length, we were describing why we needed both phrases in the Pasuk. One referencing Avadim that I purchased outright, the shifcha, and the second referencing Avadim that were born to the shifcha that I purchased. And we're pointing out that we need both to ensure that we know that only uh, that, that to ensure that we know that both of these categories of Avadim are able to eat, even if there's no financial value to them. So now let's go back to our question. We had said, Am I allowed to sell my Evid to you for only the rights of the Knas of that Evid? Says the Gemara, A third of the way down on Mem Gimel, machur. if you want to say that that transaction is valid, that if I try to sell, the rights of Knoss to my Ebed, you want to buy that. It's worth 30 shekel if he ever gets gored. You pay down five shekel, let's say, so it's much to your benefit if he ends up getting gored. So it says the Gemara, if that were to be true, that that Kenyan was correct, mi'ika avda, Dulomi is There's no such thing as an Ebed that doesn't have value because even the worst uh, Ebed in the world has a value on the market. So therefore it must be the case that it is not a real Kenyan. It must be the case. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a, a good understanding of even the question. And the Gemara says, "In we do have a scenario where there's no value at all. Because the Gemara says, Ika Eved Trefa. Let's say you have an Evid that's about to die. No one's going to buy that Evid. If you have a clunker that it says on the odometer, about to die, no one's going to buy the car. The wheels are falling off. No one's buying. If the Evid is at the end of his life, he has a terminal disease. He's going to die within 12 months. It's not for sale. No one's going to want to buy him. Says the Gemara, wait one second. At least the Evid could stand in front of you before he dies. Maybe he does have some remaining value before he before he dies. Says the Gemara, not only is he a trefa, but he's bimenuval umukashrin. He's disgusting and he's covered in boils. This is not good good property to own. You have an evid who is a trefa, which means halachically speaking, we assume he's going to die. He is a menubal, he's disgusting, and he's covered in boils. He's not the kind of guy you want washing your dishes or cleaning your floors. You don't even want him in sight. He is a zero value property. So that's what the Gemara says. We don't really have a good answer to our question. We don't know if the Kenyan is valid. If I try to sell the rights of Knas for my Eved, we don't know. Let's move on to the next question. We're about five, six lines before the wide lines on Mem Gimel Amid Aleph. I have an Eved. He's half Eved, half Ben Chorin. Bas Choren. So this guy, who uh, John, my Evid, he's 50-50. He's half Ben-Khorin, half Evid. And he breaks the rules. And he goes over to a nice Yiddish girl and he says, Moshe B'Yisrael, I'd like to marry you. And he hands her a ring and she accepts it in front of Aden. Worst possible scenario or best possible scenario. So this guy broke the rules because he's half Evid, because he's really not allowed to marry anyone. Does the transaction work? if this guy breaks the rules he's Chatsi Chatsi ben and he proposes to a regular jewish girl good or not good does the transaction work says the gemara mahu what's the din im tim salomar if you want to say the case is a ben yisrael sha'amar lebas yisrael let's say that a regular yiddish guy goes over to a regular yiddish girl and says he's i want you to only marry half of me I don't even know what that means, but that's what he says in the, in the star. That's what he says when he says marry. So the halacha is in the breast and mikudeshes. Why? Because the chazya lekule. At the very when we look at it structurally, even if I say to her, I only want you to marry half of me, but she's in theory able to marry all of me, even if there was a way to parse me out. But ha, in regards to the case of Chazya ben, ben Chorin, chazya lekule. She's not allowed to marry the whole Evid because half of him is an Evid and half of him is a ben Chorid. And the Imtim Tim Ben Yisrael Makadesh chati isha. Let's say the reverse. That a man who is a regular Yisrael wants to get engaged to a Chatz isha, and he, say, and he says, Hare kudash asli kudash Moshe, Moshe But only half of you, the woman. So it says the Gemara, that's kudeshes, deshier because he left over some of his kinyan V'ho eved, but in regards to an eved, maybe we would have said, lo shier because he's only 50% married, he couldn't exceed 50%. So my, how do we view all of these iterations of half marriages, and primarily focusing on our question, that if an eved who's chazi, eved and chazi ben choren, if he proposes to a Yiddish amedal, harat Moshe would they be married? The Gemara says, my first long line. Toshma, the Gemara says, let's see. We have a, a Brysa that we've learned twice already. This is the third time. Hamis, let's say that an animal gores uh, an Eved. Mishachatsio Eved, ben Benchorin. And the Eved that he killed was a 50 50 Eved. He half belongs to me and he's half free. So what did we say? This cryptic answer that we saw on the bottom of Membezum at Aleph and wrapping to the top of Membezum at Bezum, what did we see? No saying chazi knas, the rabo that half of the 30 shekel knas goes to the master, and v'chazi kofer, the yorshab, and half of the value of the eved, not knas, but just dollar amount, let's say that he's worth $100, so then $50 goes to the Yorshim of the eved. So says the Gemara, what type of eved were we talking about in this case? Chazi eved, chazi ben choreb. And then we said... He has Yorshin. How does he have yorshin How does a Chati Eved, Chati ben Choren, have Yorshin? If he marries a Shifcha, the children are Avadim. If he marries a Yiddishamedl, then the Kenyan shouldn't work. So therefore the Gemara says, the e Kidusha of Lav Kidushin. If you want to say that the marriage that was proposed by the Khatzi Eved, Chati ben Choren to a regular woman doesn't work, Yorshin Minale then how in the world could this b'risa speak about the yorshim of a chatziyeb and ben Chorin? It must therefore be, says the Gemara, based on an inference from the b'risa, that if a man who's chatziyeb and ben Chorin goes over to a woman and says, who the kedushin is chal, and their children are not avadin. How do we know? Because we saw this case that when this guy, chatziyeb and ben Chorin, was gored, $50, half of his dollar value goes to his yorshim. The only way there could be yorshem is if the condition was Chal. So says the Gemara, no, I disagree. Amar of Adabar Ava, third of the wide lines, two-thirds of the way down, Kshaso Trefa. Maybe when the animal gored the Eved, he didn't kill the Eved. He maimed him to the point that he is basically going to die. He's in a coma. He has less than 12, 12 months to live. In Halacha, by Hilchot we translate a Trefa as having less than 12 months to live. And that animal is a Trefa, and therefore they're not even edible right? Even though the animal is 99.9% kosher, but they have something wrong in their body that halacha determines them as a trefa that animal is an iser to eat, even if you shecht it perfectly. It's walking fine, it's eating fine, it's sleeping fine, it's functioning fine, but it has one little error in one piece of uh, fascia in the body, the animal is a trefa do It's going to die within 12 months. So we know, says the Gemara, that, um, that there was damages, but perhaps, says that maybe the animal didn't gore this guy. He only maimed him, says the Gemara. And how then will we explain Yorsham? It doesn't mean real Yorshim. My Yorshav. it just means that it goes to Nafshe, it goes to himself. So this is a bit of a fudge dance. you're squeezing a square peg into a round hole. And Rava, and this is Rava's personality throughout Shas. And Rava and Abayah have this argument hundreds of times throughout Shas. Abayah says something. Rava says, that's not what it says in the Brisa. Rava is a textual type of learner. He doesn't want to twist and make the words into a pretzel to make it work. So what does he say? I have two things to respond to your, and please excuse me, your ridiculous suggestion. First of all, the it says those who will inherit him. You're reinterpreting the word into a pretzel to say that it means him. It doesn't mean him. It means his yorshim. To Odin, furthermore, it says he's paying money that's not knas. Kofir is a payment of something for someone who isn't an Eved. And therefore, When is kofer paid? Only with death and not with maiming, not with making him a trefa. So Rava just blows out of the water, the sheath of Ravada bar Ava. Really, what are we talking about over here? Says the Gemara, Really, says the Gemara, it's appropriate for him to take. He just doesn't have children. Says Rashi De We're two thirds of the way down. Rashi says, Half of this Eved is not Knoss oriented because half of him is free. So the half of the Eved that's an Eved, that is Knoss. The half of the Eved that is that is a, um, a Ben Choren, that is Kofar. What does it mean, R- uh, Veinlo Rashi says, Veinlo Share Mes. So there could have been, in theory, there could have been Yorshim. So that's what the Gemara says is Rava's response. And the Gemara says as follows. Moving on to another part of the sugya, Omar Rava two-thirds, a little bit more than two-thirds of the way down, six lines into the wide lines. Or this could also be Ravah, not exactly sure who it is. Rava says that just like if a person tries to be Makadesh, Half of a woman, it doesn't work. So, too, if a Yisrael tries to marry a woman who's half Shifra, half Benchorin, half Baschorin, the marriage is a zero. And yeah. Dorash Raba Bar Huna very similarly, kishem shamekade isha Just like half of a woman can't be married, so too kachetz <speaking in Hebrew> yoshivcha also sheniskate <speaking in Hebrew> einemikudeshes. But Rav Chizda doesn't like the comparison. We said just like a man marrying half a woman isn't is a zero, so too a man marrying a shivcha shchatzi baschon is also a zero. Rav Chizda doesn't hear of this one at all. Amar le Rav Chizda midami. Are these cases even comparable at all? Hasam shi'ir Bikinyano, Hacha lo shi'ir In the first case, when a man was trying to marry a woman and only marry half of her, but at least there's more of her that in theory he could marry. But in the second case, where the husband was trying to marry a chati shifcha, uh, there, says the Gemara, perhaps that marriage should in fact be good. So says the Gemara, Rav Chizda pushed back very hard. And Hader Okim Rabba Bar Amora Ale. Ravah who was an Amora, he got a, this. in this case, the word Amora means a speaker. It means someone who's going to remember the way Shira were given. The Amora would speak, the, 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 the Rav would speak quietly. Let's say Rabba in this case, he would speak quietly. And then in turn, someone would be his uh, his mouthpiece and say the Shira out loud. So he actually called out his own error. He listened to Rav Chizda and raba said you're 100% right i made a mistake and he says bidarashi he, he says the pasuk, fi hamisha qilla hazo tasakh this refers to a time uh, around the first of Mikdash, where there weren't a lot of Talmidi Kachamem Shailas and this Mishakelah, this burden of yours is Tachas yodecha. You who do know Torah, you have no choice but to take on the mantle of being the pose of the community. We need your help. And Ein adam omed al torah, The only way that a person grows through Torah is by stumbling and making mistakes. Khazde Hashem, because we all make a lot of mistakes when we learn. So the Gemara says over here, what was Rabbah saying back to of You're right. I goofed up. I said it incorrectly. And here's really how it should be: AFLP. It shouldn't be kishain that X and therefore Y. Afalpi, even though in one case X, but the Haloch is different elsewhere. Afalpisha Amruhamikadesh Chati Isha in a Mikudeshes, even though if a man were to try and marry a woman and only marry Hati Isha, only half of her. However, Aval, chetz Shifra V Khatya Baskon Shinis Katsha kidusheha kidushin. It actually is the case that if a man walks over to a Shifcha, a regular Yid, walks over to a Chati, Shifcha, Chati, bashorn and says, Hare at, um, the Asik, They are halachically married, and their children will not be Avadim. Their children will be regular Yisraelim. Huh? Why is it that Rabbah agreed to Rav Chizda's pushback? says the Gemara, because of the Svara that was given earlier, Bikinyano. over there, when a man tried to marry a woman who was only Chati Isha, he only wanted to marry 50% of her, there he left over space for more kin because there's another 50% of the woman. But Hacha, in regards to the man marrying the Chati shivcha, Chati Baschor, and in such a case, Hacha, lo he didn't leave anything over. He was only able to marry 50%, and the Gemara says that according to Rav Chizda, and now Rabbah joining his side, it seems to be that the Din is that a person is successfully going to be married if a regular man says to a chassi shifcha chassi baschorin that harad mikudashasi, then they're married. Amar Rav he disagrees. He argues and says, no. Both cases are us, sir. I disagree with Rav Chizda and Raba on the one side. So now we have a Machlokas. Rav Chizda and Raba say that if a man proposes to a woman who is Rav Chizda and Raba say uh, that she's Rav Chizda. Rav says they're not Rav if someone's going to say that maybe they should be married because what is the definition of a shifcha harufa? Perhaps the case is if we're defining in this Bryce about shifcha Kharufa, that a shifcha harufa is this woman in discussion. A woman who is a chati shifcha and baschorin and there is a rusin and maybe this is a kasha on Rav because Rav Sheshesh says they're not married. And here we see that they are married, mm-hmm. says the Gemara. I'll send them to go look at the Sheet of Rabbi Shmuel, who understands the Bryce of Eizuhi Shifcha Charufa differently. What does he say? We're not talking about a regular case of Sheet Charufa, where you think we're talking about Chati Shifcha Chati Baschor. That case is not talking about that. And therefore, the Sheet of can stand, <clears throat> Rather, that case is talking about a shifcha Asks the Gemara, Shifcha is Basis A If I walk over to a Shivra Kenanis and I say, and uh, I hand it to her in front of the biggest Sadiqim Aidim in the world, I still wouldn't be married to her. So, what does that braissa mean when we define according to Bishmal? Uh, the case of as a how can it be that she has ever engaged it must be it doesn't mean that they're married but that he's waiting for her he's set her aside so perhaps perhaps in this case it could just be that they're engaged and not married and therefore again Rav Sheshas can hold his case let's review this because it's very detailed and I'll just uh, synthesize this down into two, into basically one sentence and the we're not sure if a man, when he proposes to a woman who's a chazi shivcha, chazi baschorin, if the mechanics of that kiddushin work. Rabbah and Rav Chizdo were of the opinion that the mechanics do not work. And Rav Shesha said the mechanics do work. And we just don't know how we paskin from the Gemara, and that is how the Gemara ends this particular part of the sugya Sorry, the status of the man in that case? Man is a Yisrael, okay. and he's proposing to a woman who's a chati, shivcha chati, baschorin. So he does everything right as it relates to regular kiddushin rules. I read he hands her something that's a shava pruta fine. Says the Gemara, only some of the Amoraim say it works, and some say that it doesn't. And we, from our Gemara, we we can't tell the answer, and it remains a machlokas as to whether this is the case. And these aren't common cases today because we don't have, as far as I know, we don't have anyone who really has a shivcha. I don't know how that works. Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay, next case. We are two lines from the bottom on Mem Gimel the Gemara says, That was the woman that we're talking about. She got engaged. So now we're under the assumption it works, right? It's also odd because look who said it. Okay, that's a Rishonim question. Says the Gemara. That according to Rav Chizk, this woman is chazi is chazi uh, shivcha baschorin. She got engaged to Ruvain, and then the nistach So now she's no longer chazi ev vechazi baschorin. So here's the flow of events: Ruvain goes over to this woman. Let's call her uh, Rose. Goes over to Rose. She's a chazi shivcha chazi baschorin. Harat mukodesh She accepts the kiddushin. Now we still we know Rav Chizav doesn't agree to this marriage. But Rav Hizda then says, what if the owner then frees her? What happens to that kiddushin?" Okay? Now let's get a little Yavamosi. right? We're going to add a little bit of a twist. V'chazra And then after the Shichror, this woman, who's now a full-fledged Jew, no longer a half-Jew, she then gets engaged to Shimon. Rashi points out, Shimon echav uvechaye ruvein Veruvein lo girsha. So let's go to the flow of Events again. Let's get the case clear. Okay? This feels like Yvamos because it is Yvamos. The Gemara says but it does this, seem clear that the first marriage is nothing. We gotta wait, we gotta wait, gotta wait. The case is not clear yet. Okay. So case number one, uh, a woman is a chatsi rose. She's chatsiaven chatzi Chatsi Um Ruven goes over and proposes halachically while she is in this state. She accepts Kiddushin. And then the next day, the owner of Rose is Meshachra her entirely. Now she's a regular Jewish girl. Shimon, Ruvain's brother, proposes halachically to Rose, okay? Says the Gemara, and then umesu shneihem. Then both Ruvain and Shimon, who were both alive for all of the previous events, died. Is there a halachic status of Yibum? For Levi, the third brother, says the Gemara, misya b'mes Levi. That's incredible. Okay, we have to figure out what's going on here. We, we could already postulate a simple answer, which is that for sure the second kedushin should have made her married to Shimon enough that we should now have Yibo when he dies. Unless she was married to Ruby. Unless she was married to <laughs> Ruben. That's very good. So then the Gemara says, turning to the top of Mem Gimel Amid Beis, and this really is a parenthetical comment that only belongs in Yevamus, and that is, Ve'ein Ani Korei Mesim. This is a separate Din. I am um, uh, the very lengthy Rashi here at the top. We're not concerned about the fact that Ruven and Shimon both died in this case. And says the Gemara, why is it that we allow Yevam to take place here? And the Gemara explains as follows. of Shach. One way or the other, it makes sense. I de Reuven if the Kidushin of Ruvain was authentic and it halachically worked even though it shouldn't have happened because she was a, a half-Shifcha at the time so if that first Kiddushan worked with Ruvain then when she tried to, to get engaged to Shimon even though they went through all the steps but they're not married because a woman cannot be engaged to two men the Yikidusha Dishim in and if the second Kiddushan of uh, Shimon was in fact a Kiddush. And then by definition, de DeRuven love Kiddushin. So Miman of Shakh, no matter how we cut this case, she is uh, allowed to do yibum to Levi. What? What? <laughs> or whatever. Levi, Levi is uh, he's a yavam. I have a Kashi on this, and I believe that this is the crux of this, Surya. Why haven't we analyzed the effects of Shichror on the Kiddushin of Ruvven? Kedushin Sheikhror Kedushin Misa how, how does that help the kedushin She's or, not this She's is, not the same woman anymore Right but Kedushin was 5 hours ago you know, yesterday you know. So I don't why so, would that change? you know I, I don't understand that, the Memonofchak I I would have assumed the Gemara would have said that Sheikhror negatively impacts the kedushin yes. of Ruvain That's one side of the Memonofchak She's married to ruvein and shimon is makate zero and it's zero and Ruvein dies that then she goes then you she don't goes to later that we go back to the condition uh-huh. why would this be anymore? you're right i think yeah i think you're explaining you the probably because it's katsu kats right mm-hmm. i think the part i think the part that i was hoping the Gemara would articulate more is the uh the shift between her going from a chatzis shifcha to a, a bas yisrael, you know, not oh, the only thing that married her and maybe couldn't have in the first place. Well, well right. I mean, Rechiza doesn't like that, anyway. I mean that. that if not for the shifra, probably no. are, that's, that's probably the only, the only thing that changed by the shifcha. Otherwise, my brain are, hurts mm-hmm. uh, listening to it's you very a, for reason. very good reason. Say that again, please. If not for the Shekhar, we probably would not require an evil from life. Correct, correct. That's the only thing that would change. But that when the Gemara says that it's possible that Shimon's Kedushin was real and Reuven's wasn't, and Shimon, it's because, because, what? Because, because, because of post-Shekhar. So that's part of the Lambdas, is that the Shekhar changes this woman to a different, she's a different rose yeah. now. Now she's razor <laughs> Now she's a different woman now. And because of that, and the Gemara un- doesn't paint a clear picture as to which one of these is more authentic than the other. Oh. But that's why the Maman of Shach works. And Levi uh, becomes a Yavam. And she becomes a Shomeris Yavam. Okay, similarly, but we'll see not so similar in a moment. It <laughs> sounds similar. Itmar. Oy, itmar. <laughs> these words we're familiar with already, because five minutes ago it hurt us to even think about that. Now we have this case. <laughs> Sound familiar? It says Rashi, this Shimon is not a brother. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you take a look at Rashi right next to us. <laughs> this isn't a brother. So this case is a little bit different because says the Gemara, Rav Yosef Barham Amar, Amar of Nachman, Paku Kidushe Rishon. The first Kiddushin is gone because of the Shikhror, Ribzera Nachman, Gamru Rishon, that when she's um Rura, that's what completes the marriage. So this is really more, this is the next level of lambdas that we were trying to figure out. Is how do we look at that shift? And the Gemara here has a machloke samuraim about the shift. Do we say that when there's shikhrur, the shikrur severs the tie of the first Kiddushin? Or do we say that when there's a shikhror? It makes her into a more complete bride, and therefore the wedding is even more chal. And Rav Zerah says, Of course he's going to say that, that I think I'm right. Why does he say that? Because the Pasuk says, <laughs> There will be no death because she's not freed. Had she been freed, namely if she was a shifcha and she became freed, and then they were intimate, what does that imply that she's dying, that, that she's engaged? She's a, she's a, a an murasa. She's in Arusa. Okay, mm-hmm. This is really a bit of a side point, but the Gemara says that according to Rabbi Shmuel, this was the Rabbi Shmuel that we saw on the previous Amud, who, when we were discussing the case of the Shifcha Harufa, he defined the Shifcha Harufa as a Shifcha Kanainus who was engaged, and there we said that the uh, that when she gets freed. That they'll be killed. That's not true. That's not true because their Kedushin is only meyuched, mi- that she's only set aside. They're not halachically married because if I go over to a full shifcha and propose to her, it doesn't count at all. Ella, my islach the it must be Shechuf Shavachazra Viniskacha, Hachanami Shechuf Shavachazra Viniskacha. <speaking in Hebrew> so says the Gemara, I disagree with Rabzeira. Rabzeira wanted to say that the Shechur completes the marriage. She was a partial Isha. She's half shifcha, half baschorin. When there's shichror, she becomes a full case. Says Rabbi Shmuel, lav Dafka. It could be the case that they rekindled, they redid their vows after the Shikhrur. It could be that Ruvain proposed to the chati shifcha, chati baschorin. Then there's shichror. and Then he's nervous and he's like, let's just do this again one more time. I read Moshe You're a full baschorin. Then they're married. So says the Gemara, there's not a riot to Ravzei reshita. And again, back to square one, we really don't know the lambdas. Does Shichror enhance or does Shichror hurt that first proposal? Uh, third of the way down, heading to the next Mishnah. Amar Rav there was a case, Shechatsya Shifcha of a woman who was half-slave, half-free, and the master who still owned a part of her as a shivcha was forced to free her, says the Gemara. Kiman, and this is a huge discussion in regards to um, having children. Says the Gemara Kirav of Yochanan ben Baroka to Amar, who says that the mitzvah of pru orvu is al shnehem hu omer by haosam pru umilu. According to this approach, a woman has a mitzvah of pru or vu also, not just men. We don't typically look at it that way. And the next sheet that supports our more common approach, Amar Rab Nachman bar Yitzchak The reason why we force the Baal, who still owns the half of this woman who's a shivcha, to free her, is not because of pru or vu. Rather, minag hefker That when this woman is stuck In the twilight zone of not being able to marry anyone, the temptation is too great because she has no one who she can uh, be intimate with, and she's likely to lead to promiscuity. She's not so frum. She barely has a. She has a very low level of halachic obligation. Jewish. What? She's not. She's <laughs> Jewish. Like it's a. It's a funny. It's a funny place to be. It is. It's awkward, and they're afraid of her misbehaviors. So this is a hakira and Lambdes about why we force the owner to free the half shivcha. Is it because the mitzvah pru or vu applies to both of them, and therefore we should free her up so she can fulfill that mitzvah, or no? Uh, and this is the more common approach as it relates to Purvu. the Purvu is only a din by the husband. This is a machlokes rishonim. Is getting married a mitzvah, or is it only a hechi timsa to the mitzvah of pruravu? That's its own discussion. And says the gemara, min hefker no aguba, end of, end of this sugya. Changing gears a little bit, we'll be going to the top of Memdal, the Maralif at the two dots. And then, um, as you can see on Shabbos, we have a lot of ground to cover. Oh, You're right. That means tomorrow night, we have a lot of ground to cover. Thank you for ruining my day tomorrow. Thank you. Well, I guess you're just uh, pre-gaming because it was either now or tomorrow morning when I sat down to figure it out. But we'll have to figure it out because there's a lot of uh, lines in here. I hope it's Agarita. Anyways, says the new Mishnah. If I sell my Eved, Jack, and I sell him to a Goy, oh, even if I sell him to a Jew, but that Jew is moving to a Chutz ben Shegetz, the halacha is that this Eved goes free. The Mishnah opens with a b'raisa, if I sell John to a Goy, so then he goes free, and I, as a Yid, have to give over a Get Shichroon bamed varma murim, that's only true of a shalok kosavalav ono, where there wasn't another document already in play. We'll discuss this in a moment. Aval kosavalav ono, if there already was a document that referred to the evid, zehu shikhruro, then that document has a double function, whatever its initial function was, plus the fact that he no longer needs a separate get shikhruro. My ono, what type of document are we talking about that can be written in place of a get shikhruro? three-fourths of the way from the bottom, 12 lines or so from the bottom of Omer Rav Sheshes, to Kosav Hachi, where it says in the get, the Get, If for any reason you run away from this guy, from the guy, you and I are, are done. Now he's not writing it as a get shechror, he wrote it as a line in another get, in another document, but it still has a double function, we don't need a separate get shechror, which is very unique, by a woman we would need that, by an evid we don't. Okay. the b'raisa teaches us as follows. Let's say that I have a deal with an Oved Kochavim. And I say, if I don't pay you back on time, my Eved is yours. He functions as a collateral. And that's what it means, on him. We are using the Eved as a collateral. Once the Oved Kochavim does nimuso, we don't know what that means yet. So then, says the Gemara, he goes free. My nimuso. What does it mean that an eve does nimuso? Rav Huna Yehuda says nashki. A nashki is like a signet, some type of armband, a necklace, uh, I don't know, a, a, a cartilage pierce, something that indicates that this guy belongs to this new goyesha eve. The moment that happens, he's yatsa lecherus. Says the Gemara, wait one second. Nashki doesn't always mean that. I should say better. Nimuso doesn't always mean nashki. That's the right way to say it. Because the Gemara says, Masiv Rav Sheshesh, if you have Haarisen, these are people who work fields, Bateavos, people who work ancestral fields, and then our case, the Ove Kochavim or if you have an Ove Kochavim who is uh, making a transaction about a field with a Jew, Even though the Goy did his Nimus, the halacha is, he's putter from Miser. That the word nimuso means nashki, a signet. So we don't do that on property. We only do that on people. So the word nashki is wrong because you thought the word nashki means that he's giving him a necklace that indicates that he's his a permanent bracelet. Again, whatever whatever the evid would do to indicate that this evid actually belonged to him, that doesn't apply to the ground. So therefore, what does the word nashki mean? Says the Gemara, when he puts a date on the document, that if he puts a date on the document, so then... Uh, even if, uh, if, once he puts the date on the document, then he's going to be putter from the meiser, because then the property belongs to a goy. So says the Gemara, that's a problem of kasha, zman, azman. We have a kasha of uh, one brisa indicating one thing about time, and another brisa indicating another thing about time. Take a look at Rashi. The middle with Rashi's, the last line of the middle with Rashi's, fifth line from the bottom, in regards to a case of Eved, when the Zman is listed, when the time, the date is indicated on the get, it's considered a sale. Why do we make this distinction? Says the Gemara, four lines from the bottom. The Gemara is not having any contradictions. In one case, the time does work in both cases, but in one case, the time had passed, and in one case, the time didn't. It's a new kimta, but still a valid answer. Says the Gemara, why would that need to be the case? If we have a contract that says that you, Mr. Goya, have a contract with you, that if I don't fulfill my obligations to you by May 1st, you get my eved. and today is June 20, whatever it is, June 20th, of course the eved belongs to you. Why would I have to say that case? Therefore, I don't like your distinction. Ella says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom. Ella, i'di v'idi, the Really, both of them are before the date was reached on the get, uh, both in regards to the eved and in regards to the sade, but. In one case, we're talking about the guf of the eved, And in one case, we're talking about the peros of the field. And the halachos are drastically different. You're right that time is a similar factor. But what is being transacted is very different. The transactions are not the same about an eved as they are with the peros. Or the Gemara says, as a last answer on the top of Memdal al lamashkino, Really the field, uh, or whatever, the field or the Eved were being uh, loaned out to pawn the Eved, the lo and we have yet to give over the Eved, and in these cases Rashi details the difference between them as to why there's differences between a field and an Eved, but nevertheless, all of this functions as a distinction between the two, and therefore the Gemara says there's no machlokas between Zman and Zman, and the way we use Zman by Eved and, and by Sadeh is not a contradiction to one another. We're going to stop right here at Tanu and we'll pick up emir tashem tomorrow night with mem Dalid and mem hamid hey, aleph hashem should bless us all wishing you all the beautiful night. Okay.